This message comes from NPR sponsor Xfinity. Some things are slow, like snail races. Other things are fast, like Xfinity XFi. Get fast speeds, even when everyone is online. Working to make Wi-Fi simple, easy, awesome. More at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Hey, before we get to this week's episode of How to Do Everything, we want to tell you about the NPR One app. It says here, use it to listen to Name of Show. I don't think that's an NPR podcast. I loved, uh, I, if you haven't heard the most recent episode of Name of Show, they interviewed a person about a topic. And Is that right? It was an interview. It, I, it was, I've never heard anything unlike it. Did you have a reaction? I did. NPR One is a great way to find tons of new shows and stories. They've got a hand-curated podcasts ready whenever you are. Find them on NPR One. It's in your app store now. And for more information about uh, Name of Show, just go to website.internet slash thing after slash. Subsistence farmers in Africa have a big problem. Lions keep hunting their cows. Now, this is terrible news for the farmers. They're losing their cows. It's bad news for the cows. They're getting eaten. But it's also really bad news for the lions because then the farmers end up killing the lions to defend their cows. Joining us now via Skype is Dr. Neil Jordan. He's a conservation biologist, and he's come up with an idea to help all three the idea is based on the fact that lions are ambush predators. So that means they rely on the element of surprise to creep up on their on their prey. Once they've been seen, they tend to give up on the hunt. So they're very much into surprise. So, so the idea is to try and interrupt that mechanism by uh, painting eyes on the backs of cows and to try to fool the lions into thinking they've been seen and give up on the hunt. And so you know, reduce the losses of cows and also the retaliatory killings of lions as a result. So, so Neil, if I saw one of these cows, what would it look like? What would I see? Well, it looks like a normal cow uh, from the front and from the side, uh, because that's what it is. But from, from the rear, we've got, um, I've stamped on these contrasting eye patterns. They're actually based on the, the shape of a predator's eyes. So there's one eye either side of the tail um, painted in either yellow or black. Um, and they look uh, they look they look pretty odd actually. They look pretty big. The yeah. tail somehow looks a little bit like the nose, but the idea is just to get the eyes on there to, to interrupt that behavior. Have you seen any lions um, react to the cows with the, the extra eyes? Unfortunately, not yet. We have we have some data on their predation preferences um, based on the eye on the eye patterns, but we're not um, but we've not yet seen any interactions directly. Um, our preliminary data suggests that they are avoiding predating cows with these eye patterns on their behinds. So the the, um, the the unpainted cows in the herd are much more likely to be predated than the painted cows. In fact, we haven't had any painted cows taken yet, but we only have a very small small sample size to date. So we're just extending the study now. In terms of keeping your researchers and I guess also the farmers safe, have you thought about painting eyes on the backs of, of the humans out there? <laughs> That's an interesting question. I do. Um, often when I walk back to my my tents with my torch late at night, I do think um, that, you know, now I've come up with this this idea, it would be 
terrible to be uh, to be ambushed by a lion and uh, the you'd become a bit of a laughing stock, I think. So, yeah. so yes, I have considered it myself, and we're thinking about actually making some uh, some t-shirts with eyes on our on on the back, uh, just to yeah, a to potentially raise some more money for the project, um, but b yeah, just to avoid just to, just to avoid that risk um, but but yeah we still don't know whether the technique works or not so better to be safe than sorry it's it's so interesting because you know you think about animals and insects that have patterns that mimic eyes to ward off predators like butterflies or moths will have you know an eye print on their wings um, and you're kind of intervening where evolution fell short you're you know it, it didn't happen that cows evolved to have eyes back there and you're kind of taking the initiative yeah absolutely so this is a very managed um landscape so we're not we're not uh, messing around with um natural prey so i feel comfortable with intervening in those in 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 that context but you're right evolution has potentially fallen fallen short there with with cows but yeah the domestic livestock have very few natural have very few existing defenses against predation by lions and other large large carnivores so yeah there's a, certainly a need to to intervene if we want to keep uh, livestock safe and i think we do need to do that if we're interested in um, preserving a future for, for lions and other large carnivals. Well, Neil, thank you so much for telling us about this. Yeah, thank you very much for your, for your interest. It's a pleasure for me. Thank you. Okay, we, uh, we would like now to return to our coverage of the Summer Olympics in Rio. We are no longer allowed to play um, the entire Olympic theme, but I feel like we can, we can get away with, uh, with this. If you've been listening to our show, you know that we are dedicating our coverage of the Olympics to one sport, and one sport only, and that's the javelin. Brian Clay won a gold medal for the United States in the Beijing Olympics. He's a decathlete, and one of the decathlon events is javelin. But he has also found another use for it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, my daughter um, was uh, had a loose tooth, and for a while, my, my wife had kind of come up with this idea, like, why don't you throw tie a string to it and throw a javelin and take it out? And I, I kind of wouldn't do it for the first two kids. And and I finally just said, uh, okay, fine, after my daughter you know, was begging me and begging me to do it. And so, uh, so I said, okay, fine. So we literally were in the car on our way home. I flipped around, went down to the school, and uh, I took my key, opened up the shed, grabbed my javelin out, and we threw the javelin tied, tied to our tooth, and out it came. Wow. Did you, did you do your full run-up? No, it was, just, it was just a kind of a fun thing. I did more of a standing throw. And so, okay, so I'm trying to picture this. You're standing there with a javelin uh, tied to your daughter's mouth. And what, uh-huh. is she, what is she doing? You know, she's actually egging it on. Like, she wanted to do it. So yeah. I think, you know, there was a bit of excitement there because it was going to be really fun. But then I think at the same time it was uh, a little bit nerve-wracking because she wasn't quite sure if it was going to hurt or, you know, if it was going to be okay. But uh, she was sold out, man. She she knew what she wanted to do, and she she was sold out to getting it done. Is is she there now? Yeah, she is. She's right here. Do you guys want to talk to her? Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll give you one second. Hi, this is Ellie. Hey, Ellie, how's it going? 
good. Well, tell us what it was. Uh, what it was like having your tooth pulled with a javelin. Um, it was sort of weird because I didn't really know if it was gonna hurt or not. Yeah. Did it hurt? No. What did it feel like? It sort of just felt like a little tug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And could you see your tooth fly out of your mouth? No. You couldn't see it? No. I bet it was a, a world record, though, for the longest flight of a tooth being being pulled out mm-hmm. of a mouth. I don't know. Maybe. Have you had your teeth pulled out in other ways? Um, yeah. Sometimes my dad just tugs them out. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No no shot put or discus or pole vaulting out of your mouth, nothing like that? No. Right, right. I have a son, Ellie, who's seven, and he has a loose tooth right now. Do you recommend tying tying his tooth to a javelin? I don't know. Yeah? Do you have any friends who would do that, you think? Probably not. <laughs> Now it's part of our show where we like to tell you about our sponsors. This week, it's Blink. Blink is the author of the hit book, Malcolm Gladwell. Blink, in fact, helps homeowners and renters keep an eye on what's happening at home while they're away. Blink's battery-powered, high-definition video cameras use motion sensors to deliver instant video alerts right to your smartphone. Or check in anytime with Live View. Cameras can be placed almost anywhere in your home and installation is super easy, too. Learn more at blinkforhome.com. Get 10% off your order with the promo code BLINKNPR. Well, that does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? Well, I learned that one way they're keeping cows safe from lion attacks is by painting eyes on their butts. I bet there's often a situation at cow parties nowadays where you you end up talking to somebody for 20 minutes before you realize you've been talking to their butt. They, they've you've just been you've been telling maybe like your best anecdote and the person is just saying nothing. I mean you should figure I mean if their face has a tail That's your first, I mean, that's the first signal that you're talking to somebody's butt. How to Do Everything is produced by Nadia Wilson with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Elliot. Elliot, thanks for all the great work you did uh, stuffing all those animals for us. We're proud of you. And uh, I think you made a lot of people happy and a lot of animals uncomfortable. And you taxidermied Lorna. Our artist in residence is Justin Witte. You can get us your questions. Send them to us at howto at npr.org. Our website is howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. We have finally finished this week's episode. Uh, that nightmare has ended, but you're still asleep. So we we suggest you listen to NPR's new politics podcast that's where npr's political reporters talk to you like they talk to each other it's just a stream of curse words with weekly roundups short takes on news and reporting from the campaign trail you don't have to keep up with politics to know what's happening this election year you just have to keep up with npr's politics podcast
Listen and subscribe on the NPR One app and at npr.org slash podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Spectrum Business, who knows small businesses need a great network to succeed. Switch to Spectrum Business and get faster internet and advanced phone with no contracts or hidden fees. Visit business.spectrum.com slash reliability.